All right, all right, all right. No worries. Hey, everybody, we're back. Jack of no trades. Tay, what's going on, my man? Not much, dude. It's it's been a pretty good couple weeks for me. Life is good right now, and got no complaints. Loving life, loving summer. I know people don't like August, but I like it. Who doesn't like August? Uh, August is dude. Great. They call it the dog days of summer for a reason, because people start getting depressed about going back to school or work or getting back in their grind. So. That's why you got to carpet diem that shit and just enjoy what you got right now. Hell yeah. Live in the present. Hell yeah, dude. That's what I'm all about. Well, we got another Jake this week with <laughs> us. What's going on, my man? Uh, not much. It's good to be here. Uh, have you listened to our podcast before? Just curious. I, I have. My uh, wife and I took a trip to Denver not too long ago, and on our drive back, we listened to the, the, the Taylor Swift-Katy Perry debate. She was she was pretty into it. Where did you land in the debate? Well, I've I've always been a, a Taylor Swift fan. I thought that, uh, that that Taylor made some some pretty good arguments for Thank Katy you. Perry, but uh, it, it just it, it wasn't enough for me, man. I I don't know. I'm just I'm not on. I'm not a Katie cat. <laughs> you know, we got lucky, and the only way that was even close was we did it right before Katy Perry released released her new album. She cut her hair off. I mean, it all went downhill for her. So, well, that's, that's I think Taylor I was, Swift ended up winning out. That's what I was thinking because we we listened to it a while after you recorded it, and so listening to it the whole time, I'm just thinking about the the hair chop and and the Katie going woke. And all that, and I just wasn't yeah. having it. It's sad. It, it's it's <laughs> it's tough. It's a hard blow for me because I put all my uh, all my eggs in her basket. So it's uh, it's really not working out. Come on, dude. Well, thanks. swish swish, bitch. What? I mean, you got to be a true fan. I'm I'm a little disappointed. I'm trying. I'm trying. The album's weak, dude. Like I thought I would go back to it, dude. But besides like po- power on and that album, what I about hate. Backpack like, I don't Kid, like it. dude? Backpack Kid's cool, but it's still not enough. It's it's a pretty weak album. You're right, but I still like her more when than my than Taylor Swift. I when like I walked hear... out of, <laughs> go go for it. Oh, I I just I would like to hear more debates from you. Even though even though Katy Perry's gone so downhill, I feel like that's a <laughs> that's a good format for you guys. <laughs> We'll bring it back. We got a few things uh, cooking still. It's just disappointing because when I walked out of the Prismatic tour back in, I think it was 2013 or 2014, I was like, I am always going to go see her when she comes to town. Nothing will keep me from that because the show was so much fun. I loved it. And then this album came out, and I'm like, I'm definitely not going. So big swing for me. Totally changed. Well, Tay, I know we got a few debates coming up. That we want to do in the future, we got to figure out. We have to hone in on some uh, some close competition between two people. I think. Yeah, I, I think we need you to go in for a Batman debate at some point. I think people are sick of Batman. <laughs> we talk about Batman a lot on this podcast. I think we need to mix it up. There's other things we could yeah, talk about. Of course. Well, I'm really excited to have Jake on because I recently. Have been listening to uh, the last podcast on the left, which is a much better podcast than our podcast. If you're not listening to it already, <laughs> so I'll, I'm plugging them right now. But they have this format, and they what they do is generally they they talk about serial killers and and horrible catastrophes and disasters, and they they present it to you factually, 
but they also are a comedy show. And so it's this hilarious mixture of morbid humor and just outlandish behavior. It's it's a great, great listen. But one of their best segments is when they do a creepy pasta segment, which is Taylor, do you want to explain what a creepy pasta is? Because this is a really weird word. So creepy pasta is it's it's kind of like horror fan fiction a little bit. Is that is that kind of fair? I mean, you can write a creepy story about anything, but a lot of the creepy pastas I've seen are about like existing like pop culture references or things in people's lives. Um, a lot of them are sexual in nature for some reason. Maybe Jake can explain what? why that is. But um, is that true? Yeah, dude. I've heard some messed up creepy pastas. So I can't offer too much insight. <laughs> I, I wish I could give you more. But. Wow. Anyway, it's it's these short creepy stories and they're fun. Gives you I wonder spooky. where the name creepy pasta came from. I don't know that. It, that to me is one of the most random things. Like creepy works, but I don't know where the pasta came in. <laughs> I didn't know why we had to bring Italian food into it. Uh well, I now Jake, would you consider yourself a creepy pasta writer or are you just a writer? Well, I I mean, I think a a creepy pasta is kind of People have just kind of started to define that as any kind of scary story that originated on the internet. Uh, so by that uh-huh. definition, I, I I think I would I would fit in that category. Um, but I just kind of got my start on a on a subreddit called No Sleep, uh, which is just a place for uh-huh. people to post their own like original horror stories, um, and it and it went from there. So I think Creepypasta actually used to be like a a forum, like an online forum where people would, would post things and, and what I, I've never posted on that. But, uh, I think, like I said, the definition's kind of expanded. So. Wow. The internet, man, it's so, it's so expansive. It's, it's interesting how these things come up in different places and then they merge together and it's all connected in some way. So, so, so we're going to read a story written by Jake himself. And it's actually the top story on the, the no sleep sub, reddit right now and can you walk us through what that fame is like what's it like to be a a reddit star (laughs) with with all that love and adoration well it uh it was pretty unexpected actually um i had posted a couple stories on no sleep before and they they'd received you know good they'd been received well but nothing like this one was i think it, it got a above 10,000 upvotes within the first 12 hours. And, um, and I opened up my inbox. There were just a, a ton of messages from people who wanted me to keep writing and said they'd buy a book if I ever wrote one. And so that was really encouraging. I think that was the story that actually really like made me think, Hey, I could, I could, I could maybe make a living doing this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really cool. A lot of people have wanted to like narrate my stories and include it in their magazines. And, uh, one person contacted me about a, a Hulu TV show, but I don't think he was really qualified to do that. So nothing ever material. <laughs> That's awesome. I, Taylor and I are all waiting for that day that like our podcast just catches fire. I think we're going to be waiting a really long time. So it, it's exciting to hear, uh, someone else's kind of experience with that. I I read it, the story, which I liked. I, I'm excited to hear Taylor read it. Um, and then I was going through the comments, and I was that's the best part, right? If you have something provocative, and then just to see the way everyone else interprets it. And what I liked was that you got a lot of discussion about what you meant. And I think that's when you know, like, you've hit something. You've really hit something good 
because yeah. people are actually debating like what is it like is it this is it that and people go down their own threads of logic and and really debate what's going on so well done with that <laughs> well thank you um you got a lot of love on there too i i always expect more people to just trash but it seemed like pretty positive so yeah i must add something it, it it tends to be pretty good on there. Some people are kind of dicks sometimes, but <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's a pretty constructive community. If anyone has any criticism, they they deliver it in a uh, decidedly undickish manner most of the time. So you're saying there's a dildo baggins every now and again? Who's just... Every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Those internet trolls, man, they're the worst. But it's it's really um, awesome that. You got that much love on Reddit because I think Reddit is one of the most brutal communities on on the internet. If I'm being honest, they will they will shun you hard if they don't like what you're sharing or posting. Well, I've I've had some I've had some hot takes on the NBA subreddit that haven't been received too well. But, uh, <laughs> they they like my they like my stories, all right. So I don't know if Ben knows, but Jake is a a Utah Jazz homer. Um, oh, Homer. He, he thinks that if Gordon Hayward would have stayed and they got Chris Paul, that they would have been able to beat the Warriors next year. Um, that I, came... I said there was a chance. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what you said. Back away. Oh, my gosh. It, it's crazy how much he loves the, the Jazz. I don't, I don't get hey, it. Hey, if you kept Gordon Hayward and got Chris Paul with the same lineup, it, they would have a shot. Like I, I, I would say they would have a shot. I don't know if they would, but and and that's the Jazz man. It's sad. Well, the thing is, that's three good players right there. You got Gobert, Hayward, and Paul, and 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 the big yep. four in Golden State. I mean, injuries happen all the time. So if just one of those four goes down with an injury, they play a, a seven game series against the Jazz. I'm not saying the Jazz would win that series. I'm saying it would be closer than Taylor thinks. So on a scale of one to ten, how pissed off are you at Gordon Hayward right now? Well, I was pretty pissed off, but honestly, I'm excited for the future. I love Rudy Gobert, and I never thought Hayward was that vocal of a leader. So my outlook on it is I think what happened with Darren Williams is, is going to happen again with Hayward. He's a star player who, who reached stardom in Utah, <laughs> and then he's going to go somewhere else. Drop. He thinks He thinks the grass is greener. He's going to go somewhere else, and, and, and his, his production's going his, his to drop. He's playing with a ball-dominant point guard, and... I think he's going to realize the Boston fans are uh, a little more unforgiving than the folks here in Utah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he'll live to regret it. A Darren Williams comparison is brutal because <laughs> that guy is a walking fat corpse right now. So, my goodness. Didn't, um, didn't he score one the, point in the finals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something. It was bad. The thing with the Jazz right now is they're like Spurs light. I, I really like the way Quinn Snyder runs his team, so that's really encouraging. It's just the small markets, dude. The 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 bright side for the Jazz is your new uh, first round pick is like looks great. What's his name again? Donovan is it Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, and we 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 traded Trey Lyles to the Nuggets to to move up two spots and and get him. I think. That was a, beautiful. That was a very good trade. Trey Lyles is garbage. Great. That was a great. <laughs> he is, <laughs> and he started he started shit talking on Utah like right after he got traded on Twitter. I was like, dude, you you gave us nothing. What's with that? I mean, Cantor. I mean, you gotta hate Cantor worse than you hate Hayward, right? Yeah, because I mean, Hayward hadn't said anything bad. He just yeah. He just went somewhere else. But yeah, I. Any anyone who leaves Utah and shit talks afterwards, I 
There's no love lost there. <laughs> Cantor said basically that Salt Lake is just mounds of garbage, <laughs> and it's just the most desolate part of America. I, I, I don't understand. Why would you even do that? Like, just like, walk away. You don't have to say anything. He's a wanted man in his own country, too, so like you'd think this would be a yeah. step up. <laughs> That's a good well, point. Hayward just wanted a new subway to go to and use his subway card. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. What? The way Stevens and Hayward look at each other is enough. That's enough for me right there. They're going to have an affair. <laughs> Something's going to happen. There's a lot of love between those two. All right, all right. We're, we're diving into NBA. This is the off season for NBA. So, um, All right, Tay, do you, how about we read the story, okay. man? I'm excited to so, hear this. Is there a title for the story? I didn't see one so, on the Reddit. I, I, I guess my, my title is 63 years ago. I haven't really given too much thought to that, but on Reddit, stories tend to do better if you kind of give them a little clickbait in the title. Uh, so mm. I, I did that on Reddit, and I believe the, the title on, on Reddit's a more long clickbait style. Okay, well, without further ado, let's read this story. It's official. I'm an old man. For the last couple years, I've comforted myself by saying I'm in my early 70s, but math is simple and unforgiving. Today is my 75th birthday, and God, the years do fly. I'm not here for your well wishes. This is hardly a milestone I'm excited about. I'm glad to still be here, of course, but I find I have less and less to live for with every passing year. My bones ache, my kids live far away, and the other side of my bed has been empty for just over eight months now. In fact, once I cast my vote against that gosh damn Trump this November, I may have nothing to live for at all. (laughs) (laughs) Nice edit right there, Taylor. I know. Wow. <laughs> just read the story as is. It's not Got yours. It. Just Got read it. it normal. So spare me your Gosh, happy birthdays. your bir- censorship. Spare me your happy birthdays and your congratulations, if you please. I'm here because I have a story for you, and it's one I've never told before. I used to think I kept it inside because it was silly, or maybe because nobody would believe it. I've found, though, that the older you grow, the more exhausting it becomes to lie to yourself. If I'm being perfectly honest, I've never told anybody this story because it scares me. Almost to death. But death seems friendlier than it used to, so listen close. The year was 1950. The setting, a small town in Maine. I love Stephen King novels. I was a boy of nine. Rather small for my age. Literally half the comments, dude. Half the comments were just like, is this Stephen King? It's in May. That's <laughs> Stephen King. Uh, you just stole a few, like, like two chapters from one of his obscure books and just put it on Reddit. <laughs> that would be ballsy. Ballsy, my all friend. Right, all right. So, the setting was a small town in Maine. I was a boy of nine, <laughs> rather small for my age, with only one friend in the world to speak of, and his family. Seemingly on a whim, decided to move 2,000 miles away. It was shaping up to be the worst summer of my life. My pop wasn't around and my mom was a chore whore. Boy, was I proud of myself when I <laughs> came up with that one. So I wasn't apt to hang around the house. Uh. With some hesitation, I decided the public library was the place to be that summer. The library's collection of Lame. books, particularly uh-huh. children's books, was meager to Nerd say Nerd alert! <laughs> but within uh-huh. the walls of that miserly structure, that's a nice word, I would find no undone chores, no nagging mother, God rest her soul. And perhaps most importantly, 
no other children with whom I would be expected to associate. I was the only kid with low enough social status to spend his precious days of freedom sulking amid the bookshelves, and that was just fine with me. The first half of my so- this kid, <laughs> go ahead. This kid seems like a serial killer already. <laughs> He's like nine, and he already hates everyone and around him. This 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 kid. I'd is, be worried. This kid is autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. It's good to know. The first half of my summer was even more dreadful than I had imagined it would be. I would sleep until ten, do my chores, and then ride my bike to the library. And by bike. I mean rusty log of shit attached to a pair of wheels. Once there, I would split my time between unintentionally annoying the elderly patrons and deliberately doing so. I was Dennis the Menace, in the flesh. One pleasant lady actually interrupted my incessant tongue, clicking to hiss a, shut the fuck up, at me. The first time I had ever heard a grown-up use the F word. Big fucking deal, I know. But in those days, it was unheard of. The jer- Thanks for not there you go. Was that, that so part. hard? <laughs> Good job, Taylor. The j- no blasphemy in this podcast. <laughs> the dreary days turned to woeful weeks. Beautiful alliteration there. I had actually Thanks, begun Taylor. praying for school to start again until I discovered the basement. I could have sworn I'd roamed every inch of that library, but one day, in the far corner behind the foreign language collection, I stumbled across a small wooden door I had never seen before. That was where it all began. The door was windowless and made from oak that looked far older than the wall in which it rested. It had a knob of black metal that quite literally looked ancient. I wouldn't have been surprised to learn it was crafted in the 17th century. Engraved on the knob was what appeared to be a single footprint. I had the sense that whatever lay beyond this door was forbidden to me. And therefore, probably the most interesting thing I would encounter all summer. I quickly glanced around to make sure nobody was watching me. Then turned the heavy knob slip behind the door and shut it there was nothing only darkness i took a couple of steps then stopped unnerved by the totality of the shadow which surrounded me i waved my hands in front of me in an attempt to find a wall or a shelf or anything to hold on to what i actually found was far more subtle a small string dangling from above but far more useful i grabbed it firmly and pulled it down Back in the day, lots of light bulbs were operated with strings, and this was one of them. My surroundings were instantly illuminated. I was standing on a small, dusty platform that looked as though it hadn't seen life in quite some time. To my left was a crickety-ass spiral staircase, made of wood and appearing ready to collapse at any second. The bulb was the only source of light in the room, and it was feeble. So when I peered over the railing to see what lay below, the bottom of the staircase dissolved into the darkness. I was beginning to feel scared. This place... Wherever I was, seemed to have no business in a town library. It was as though I were in a completely different building, but no nine-year-old likes to let a mystery go unsolved. Looking back, I wish I could tell my prepubescent self to turn around, go back, do anything else besides descending that staircase. You'll be spared a lot of sleepless nights, I'd say. But, of course, I didn't know that then, and I may not have listened even if I had. So instead of turning back, I took a deep breath, gripped the railing, and glared resolutely forward as I began my descent. The wood on the railing was dry and covered with splinters. I immediately let go, holding my hands out for balance as I carefully traversed the staircase. It was, or at least seemed, very long, and with only the dim glow from the string bolt far above me. My heart pounded mercilessly, mercilessly in the darkness. Even kids can sense when something isn't right, I think. They just don't always give a shit. 
By the time my feet reached the cement floor at the bottom, the light from the bulb above was very nearly a memory. But there was a new light source, and God, I'll never forget it. Directly in front of me was a door, massive, and a deep shade of red. The light was coming from behind the door, and it shone out in thin lines from all four sides. A sinister, dimly glowing rectangle. For the second time, I took a deep breath... <gasps> <laughs> and went through a door I shouldn't have. Wow. Don't do that again. <laughs> in contrast... We'll imagine the breaths. <laughs> in contrast to the dank-ass room I entered from, the room behind the door was blinding. When my eyes <laughs> adjusted, <laughs> what I saw nearly took my breath away. It was a library. The most perfect library imaginable. Oh my gosh, this kid is such a nerd. I creamed my pants His a little bit. His wildest dreams <laughs> is going from one library to another library, <laughs> deeper in the library. Oh my goodness. Sorry, keep going. I was going. slightly aroused and gaped in wonder as I stepped, almost reverently, <laughs> further into the room. It was beautiful. It was smaller than the library above, much smaller, but seemed to be almost tailor-made for me. The shelves were packed with brightly colored tiles. Both armchairs in the middle of the room were exquisitely comfortable. And the smell, my god, the smell was simply <laughs> unbelievable. Sort of a mixture of citrus and pine. I simply can't do it justice with words. So I'll suffice it to say that I've never smelled anything better. Not in my 75 years. What was in this room? What had I never heard of it before? Why was nobody else here? Those were the questions I should have been asking, but I was intoxicated. As I gazed around at all the books and basked in the smell of paradise, I could only form one thought. I will never be bored again. I, I'm sorry. This is, this, is a, this is a break in the story. I just have to interject here. Um, Please. So I, I believe I used the word dank. I, I don't think it, it, it followed up with ass. But uh, my, my, use, my use of the word dank did not go unnoticed by the internet community at large. Because I think what most people don't know is this word actually has a meaning, right? It means like dark and damp and yeah. dingy place. Okay, I must have gotten yeah. two dozen comments that were like dank memes, bro. <laughs> Are you serious? People didn't know what dank means? Like, really? I knew that. Yeah. That meant. Everyone was like, you meant dark. I was like, no, you dumbass. No. <laughs> Definition that shit on your Google, man. You'll find the answer. <laughs> I'm, Goodness. I'm worried what happens if you Google the word dank at this point, though. I think That's true. I think the internet has overtaken that word. It's one. Um, we, we are making fun of this a little bit, but this actually is a great story, so don't have your feelings hurt by this. Oh, no, I, no. When I, I was reading this, I was intrigued the whole time. I, I appreciate but, it. I think, I think a lot of it is, is Taylor's narration is a little tough to take seriously. It sounds like the guy from The Sandlot. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it was Your the freaking... biggest pickle I'd ever been in. <laughs> Wow, time to breathe. <laughs> it's, okay. It's entertaining for listeners. So, recap, our our hero has found a secret library underneath his town library and he's it, it's almost like sexual. It feels like his his love of this library. Um, why do you have to make everything rapey and sexual? I like it's just That's a story. That's just the interpretation I I've, I've had from reading this. Um that look That's, what you did with the Taken franchise. You're hijacking you. this. Okay. Okay. Well, this is my interpretation of 63 years ago. So let's, let's, okay, get, okay. let's get back well, to the tale. Let's see what happens next. Chapter 2. In truth, Keep going. boredom only hid from me for three years. 
It was on my 12th birthday, 63 years ago, to this day, that everything changed. Before that day, I visited my basement sanctuary as often as I could, usually several times a week. I never saw another soul down there, yet strangely remained free of suspicion. I never removed a book from that room, but instead would pick up a particular volume wherever I had stopped reading during my previous visit. I sat, always in the same deep purple armchair, and always leaving its twin barren and directly across from myself. That armchair was Ooh. mine. The other was, well, I suppose it couldn't have articulated it then much better than I can now, but it wasn't mine. That's for damn sure. On my 12th birthday, oh. I arrived later than usual. My mom had invited a couple classmates and some cousins over to our house to celebrate, a gesture which I found more tedious than touching, really. I just wanted to spend my birthday sitting and reading and smelling paradise. Eventually, our guests went home, <laughs> and I made it to the library about 15 minutes before closing time. That didn't matter. The, the workers never... The fetish shit with pine saw and books, man. I, I didn't read this kid was... I didn't, I didn't realize this kid was such a nerd when I, when I wrote it. I'm, I'm now becoming very self-conscious of that fact. <laughs> that, that didn't matter. The workers never checked down there before they locked up. I was free to stay as late as I wished. This particular night, I was devouring the final chapters of an epic adventure. Knights, swords dragons and the like it was game of thrones book number three i i didn't smell it until i read the final words and closed the book the once exquisite aroma aroma of pine saw that the room had turned sour i sat for a moment unsettled objectively i could recognize that the smell was actually the same as it had been before that mixture of citrus and pine oh my I just perceived it differently, and I didn't like it anymore. It was the nasal version of an optical illusion. You know, the one that looks like a young woman glancing backward. But all of a sudden, you see that it's really an old woman facing towards you. You can't unsee that, and I couldn't unsmell this. The spell was broken. The odor also seemed, for the first time, to be coming from somewhere specific. With a fair amount of trepidation, I stalked around the room, sniffing the air like a crazed canine until I came to a shelf near the back. The shelf was perfectly normal, with the exception of one title, a large, leather-bound cover of a solid faded maroon, with one striking black footprint at the top of the spine. This was the source of the smell. I opened the front cover and saw one sentence scrawled neatly in blood, red ink atop the first page. Rest your sorrows down friend and leave them where they lie i stared at this sentence mesmerized as i began to retreat to my chair i turned a page blank the smell became stronger another page blank and the smell grew stronger still i stopped for a moment suppressed a gag and continued walking then as i neared the armchairs i turned one final page and there in the same sinister print was the last thing i expected to see my own name. I dropped the book. I began to sprint toward the door, but as I shifted my gaze forward, my heart leapt to my throat and I stopped in my tracks. The empty chair wasn't empty anymore. An aged man in a suit sat before me, one leg crossed over the other, contemplating me with piercing eyes and a light smirk. This was all too much. I Wait, Taylor... Don't change the story to this man raping this boy, okay? Well, that is not the story. I've already read it. Uh, hold on. 
<laughs> we know what you do with stories that aren't yours. I, I, I fell to my knees. Expelled the contents of my stomach onto the carpet. I was an empty vessel. I wiped my mouth, staring at my vomit. When I heard the man let out a chuckle, I stared at him disbelievingly. Who are you? I asked, panic in my voice. The man leapt to his feet, grabbed me gently by the shoulders, and helped me to my chair. He sat, once again, in his own. I fear we got off to a bad start, he said, glancing at the pile of sick on the carpet. <laughs> I, I, He's a cowboy? We can do without the, without the Frank Underwood accent for this guy. <laughs> the smell. It does take some getting used to. Who are oh you? My I repeated. Gosh. Tonight, you will know hardship like you've never before known. He said, I come as a friend, offering refuge from it and from all those storms which lie ahead. I wanted nothing more than to leave at the moment, but I remained seated. I asked him what he was talking about. Your mother is dead, my boy, by her own hand in her kitchen. The scene is gruesome. I must admit, he said in sorrowful tones. But was there a playful glint in his eye? What? Surely you wish to avoid this path. I can show you a safer one. My blood ran cold at the horrors this man spoke of. But I did not believe him. What do you want with me, I demanded trying to sound braver than I felt. He laughed an old, raspy yelp that seemed to shake him to his bones. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but your friendship, dear boy, he said. Then, oh sensing I found his answer inadequate, he expounded, I want you to come on a journey with me. A sexy journey. My work is noble, oh. and you will make a fine apprentice. <laughs> and maybe, <laughs> when I'm done, and I come... He sighed tirely, running his bony fingers through his thin white hair. Maybe then, my work can be yours, boy. I stood up, shuffling toward the door, but never breaking his gaze. You're crazy, I told him. My mom isn't dead. She's not. See for yourself if you must, he said, gesturing toward the door. I threw him a contemptuous glare and bolted for the exit. As my hand closed around the knob, he said, my name softly, in spite of myself. I turned around. Your road won't be easy, friend, if it ever becomes too much for you. And I mean, ever, he said, pausing to sweep his hand over the room. You know where to find me. I slammed the door behind me and took the decrepit stairs two at a time. I exited the library, clambered onto my bike, and hightailed it home. The front door was wide open. I dismounted, leaving my bike in a heap on the ground, and approached the house cautiously. The old man was lying. He must have been. Still, tears began to sting my eyes, heart pounding. I stepped inside and called for my mother. I heard no answer, so I turned into the kitchen. To this day, I don't know why she did it. End of chapter two. Well, this is this is heating up. Um, I didn't make it rapey. I didn't. I wasn't trying to do that. Um, just you definitely didn't oh, make it rapey. Okay, not at all. Okay, good. Not good, even good. a little bit. Okay. Well, no, I'm being sarcastic. What the hell was that cowboy Frank Underwood voice you were trying to do? <laughs> it just came naturally. It, just, it fit the character. I felt like that came naturally. Uh-huh. I I envision like that dude in the Raiders of the No, sorry, the Last Crusade, Indiana Jones, the guy standing in that room, like with the goblets. Right? Am I am I thinking of the right she thing here? He's like the keeper of the Holy Ground. 
that guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that guy. That's well, who I was anyway, thinking we, of. Anyway, we went a different way, okay? Um, oh, jeez. Okay. That's fine. You know, I, what would have been cool... I appreciate the artistic liberties that you've taken with this. I think you've really made it your own. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing great, Taylor. Good job. <laughs> okay. I've lived in that small town in Maine my entire life, although I've kept mostly clear of the public library. Once, in my late 20s, I summoned the courage to step inside. Life was good at that time, and my fear had begun to morph into idle curiosity. Where the door to my basin's sanctuary once stood was only a blank wall. I asked the librarian what had become of that basement, though in my heart I knew the answer. There was no basement, she said. There had never been a basement. In fact, if she had her facts correctly, city zoning ordinances prohibited a basement in the area. I've been haunted by that sickly, sweet smell, that poisonous blend of citrus and pine. Oh, gosh. Ever since that long-ago <laughs> birthday, I saw my mother in the kitchen that day, collapsed in a pool of her own blood. I smelled it. It wasn't pine salt. When a man claiming to be my father knocked on my college apartment door, begged me for money, and beat me to within an inch of my life when I refused, I smelled it. When my wife, when my wife miscarried our second child, I smelled it. And again when she miscarried our fourth. When our oldest son got behind the wheel of the family Buick, completely shit-faced and got his girlfriend killed, I smelled it. I began to smell it periodically as my wife became sick. She died late last year. And now... I'm alone for the first time in more than half a century. Now, I smell it every day, and it feels like an invitation. A few months ago, I went back to the library, and the small oak door with the ancient handle was there, right where it used to be. My evening walk has brought me past that library every day since, but I haven't gone inside. Maybe tonight I will. I'm frightened to die, yes, but lately I'm even more frightened to keep living. The old man was right. My road hasn't been easy, and I doubt it will get any easier. Rest your sorrows down, friend, and leave them where they lie. He promised relief. A refuge, he said. Was he right about that, too? There's only one way to find out. After all, I still know where to find him. That's it. That's it. I'm clapping for the story, not the narration. Um, interesting. So, pine saw smells like shit. That's what we learned. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even make the pine saw connection until uh, about a hundred people had the same bright idea. You guys did, it, <laughs> and, and let me know about it in the comments. They're like, so they cleaned the place with pine saw. It's like, oh shit, yeah, that's so. <laughs> It is a lovely smell. It's a cleaner smell for a reason. So, um, interesting. So, I saw a lot of different interpretations of it. Um, did you have something specific in mind when you wrote it, or did you want to leave it kind of open ended the way you you did? Well, to be honest, uh, I, I, Ernest Hemingway has this really great quote about his uh, novel, The Old Man in the Sea. Uh, a lot of people would ask him, well, what, is, what does all this symbolize? And he says, look, the old man is the old man, and the sea is the sea. That's all there is to it. Nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> um, 
And, and, and that's kind of honestly how I felt when I was writing it. I wrote the whole story in about four hours and I, I didn't have time. I don't think to, to really dive into the, the intricacies of symbolism and the theme and, and there's no moral to the story. I just, um, thought it was a, a fun, creepy story to write. Um, and I've really liked reading some of people's ideas as they've talked about, oh, the old man symbolizes this and such and such. Um, because I think that's a big part of what art is, even if it's something as silly as a, as a scary story on the internet, is people can get their own meaning from it. Uh, for myself, I didn't, I didn't know like so much like what the the old man that approaches him in the library when he's young meant or any of that exactly, but but that concept of something that you love and you are just completely obsessed with and and it just in, in, enthralls you and makes you want to always go back to it can eventually become something that makes you sick, um, and I and that concept is it's just interesting because you could be so in love with somebody and then. Before you know it, you could just absolutely despise that person, and that sensation is really a, a powerful, scary occurrence when it when it happens. Um, it this is personal and it's silly, but when I first moved to Chicago, we go out and get deep dish pizza, and I was like, "Oh, this is so good! It's great!" And I got sick after one of the times I ate it, and now every time I go back and I have to like, because people are always coming to town, gotta get that deep dish pizza, oh, right, yeah, Taylor? Deep dish pizza. Oh yeah, it makes me sick i can barely like eat half a slice now it just i can't do it i hate it and i used to love it and it's kind of frustrating because you're like this thing used to be amazing but now it's just trash so it's it's an interesting uh phenomenon when it occurs so that's what that's something that i thought about i think i think it's interesting that, that he he kind of turned into the old man that warned him as a child right like i mean because the old yeah. man gave him that advice and then 60 years later he kind of became that old man so maybe he'd say the same thing to some other kid you know like a circle of life going on there i don't know if you did that intentionally or not well i i'm surprised this dude got married because <laughs> he freaking sounded like he hated people like I, yeah most i don't know i thought he just would fall in that smell killing people is what i thought he was gonna do but <laughs> Well, I think uh, Sorry. A, a lot of the a lot of the comments that uh, that kind of reached the top of the of the comments because because the thing with no sleep, one of the shticks that they do is you're supposed to respond to the comments as though the story were real and give your advice <clears> to the main character, and that's that's one of the rules of writing for no sleep is it's got to be believable. You've got to act like this is a true story, like it's happening to you. And the comments they play along, like have you tried this? Have you got a Ghostbuster? Well, I don't know what they say, but they they do that. You know what I mean. And uh, a lot of the comments were like, have you considered that you yourself might be the old man gone back in time? And I was like, well, no, I, I don't think that would make sense. But, I mean... <laughs> it's, it's called a paradox. <laughs> it's called a paradox. <laughs> and it ruined Prisoner of Azkaban, and it would ruin this story too. But ultimately, ultimately um, I think it's, a, it's, it's definitely a good idea. Um, and I, I did try and, and, and make the old man sound, sound a little bit, you know, more cynical towards the end, kind of like the, uh, the old man in the library did. Um, so it was intentional to a point, but I think a, a lot of people read, read into that. It's, and I think it, the wonder of like what he turned away from, like what would have been different in his life? Cause it sounds like he still had a pretty full life despite some of the bad things that happened to him. You know, what, what could have been if he would have stayed and, and gone on the path with that old man, you know? So a lot of what ifs. 
Yeah, in, left. In, is it? What's that? I was gonna say, is there any chance you'd write a follow up? I I would say no. Like I don't think you should. But have you ever thought about that? A lot of people, a lot of people ask me to, and pretty much what I told them is that I. I mean, I am not a fan of sequels for the sake of sequels. I think they've ruined most superhero movie franchises uh, and pirates and, and many other things. But Fact. And, and so I, I, I don't really feel any, any creative inspiration to, to sequel that story up um, because I, I feel like the open ending is one of my favorite parts about it. Like the, I, I think it would lose some of its magic if, if all the answers were spelled out. I mean, in my head... I was kind of figuring the old man was like death or something. And when he's like, you can be my apprentice, like he'd be taken over for death once death decided he didn't want to do his job anymore. That was just one of the ideas I had rolling in my head when I wrote it. Um, but other people came up with ideas and, 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 and kind of interpretations that I thought were really fun to, to, to read and to examine. So I would not really consider writing a sequel at this point, mostly because of that. I'm grateful. I think that's a very smart move for you. Because, uh, like you said, keeping it open-ended and, and you have a great singular event, it's easy to follow. It's, it's, it's a good story. Why taint it with something that doesn't need to be written? So that'd be, I, I agree with your, your assessment. Well, thank um, you. Changing gears a little bit. So we get people writing lots of scary stories. It's kind of a – I don't want to say it's in style, but it's – because people are always fascinated with the unknown and kind of the creepy things. Um, have are you familiar with the whole Slenderman documentary on HBO? I don't know about the documentary. I know I I, I played the game. I was introduced to it when I when I lived in California. Oh, I, nice! I, I became obsessed with it for a time. Uh, that that game freaked me out like like very few things have actually. The PC one where you're in the woods looking for the papers? It, yeah. Is that the, the, is that the it's game? It's like a really immersive experience, especially if you got the headphones in, the, the leaves crunching under your feet. That's that's some freaky shit. <laughs> uh, I, Taylor, have you seen the Blair Witch yeah. Project? Did that freak you out to go in the woods after you saw that movie? Um, No, not not really. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the okay. Blair Witch. Tough no, guy. I, I actually want to recreate the Blair Witch. There's a... <laughs> There's a there's a haunted forest <laughs> in uh in Utah I want to go check out. Apparently there's a ghost that haunts a lake and uh I want to go check it out. So, I'm going to do that. Oh jeez. Um my I, I only brought that up because like the movie itself didn't scare me, but that concept of like something lurking in the woods is terrifying. The, something watching you? Um, yeah, that's that's a little freaky. Yeah, from the distance. And so the documentary on HBO goes into those two girls that stabbed their friend. Because oh. Slenderman told them to do it. And it it was because they were obsessed with the creepypasta wiki uh, that revolved around Slenderman. And they read all about it. And it got to the point that they were told by Slenderman that they had to stab their friend in order for their family to be protected. Did, and they did it. Didn't she die? She actually survived. But they stabbed her 19 times <sighs> and left her for dead after she asked for help. So they stabbed her and they're like, Oh, we're going to go get help. But really they just ditched. And they were actually trying to get to this state forest where Slenderman apparently lives. And they were going to be able to live in Slenderman's mansion in this wow. forest in Wisconsin. Yeah. And you, um, you said, and how so old it, were they? They were 12. <laughs> they were three 12 year old girls. Um, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I got to watch this documentary now. Oh, it's very interesting. 
Um, and the thing is, is that these girls confessed straight up. They didn't hide a single thing from anyone that asked them. They said, Slender told us to do it. We've, we, we just wanted to protect our families. We didn't want to stab her. And this girl had been our friend for years and they went through with it because they were so concerned. Um, and so it's interesting today how kids have essentially become intertwined with the internet and the, the thoughts and things that are developed on the internet. We're, we're all 20 somethings here. I mean, not saying that there aren't 20 somethings that don't get obsessed with things on the internet and do horrible things, but kids are being raised with YouTube and creepypasta and Reddit and all of these like fanfic and like all this stuff. Like it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, what, what freaks me out most about that story is like, my little sister is 12. Like I know what 12 year old girls are, are normally like and to think that, that they could go so far down that just, just from this, this creepy story on the internet to, to just be so far yeah. gone mentally speaking. That's just really quite baffling actually. Yeah. Um, and the, the crazy thing is, is that they had a sleepover. It was the three of them together uh, the night before and they were just doing normal 12 year old girl stuff. Like they went to like a skating rink the night before and they just slept over and played games or whatever. And in the morning they just said, mom, can we go to the park? And they took the girl to the park and they, they stabbed her there. Um, and it's, it's just wild to think, uh, it actually turned out the one girl that actually did the stabbing, she was schizophrenic. Um, but the girl that like pushed her to do it was normal psychologically. I mean, it's as normal as you can be as a 12 year old following slender man, but, uh, I don't know. So it, it's fascinating. It, it's kind of interesting hearing, cause you told this story and, and um, and we got to kind of feel for like your process and how you kind of just went about it and the things you'd thought about before writing it and your process. But it's interesting how these things can expand and grow and, and totally consume some people. Yeah, that's, uh, I'd, I'd heard about that story. It was cra- it's crazy to hear about that in, in so much detail. And I think, honestly, when, when you look at, at the internet and, and the effect that it's got on these young kids, we might honestly be dealing with kind of a, a Frankenstein's monster. You know, this is a, a revolutionary technology that we've got that yeah. is, is already, we're seeing it have so many unintended consequences that, I mean, obviously the, the ex- expanded communication and, and the instant access to data, those are great things and, and huge technological process for us. But I mean, it's, it's, adding to our political polarization in, in, in ways that we couldn't have really even comprehended before. Um, it's, it's allowing young kids to, to access a lot of material that their brains just aren't developed enough to be able to handle. I think, I think that's a, a really big, yeah. a good example of, of what we saw there with that, with that Slender Man thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, we, we, I think we really just got to take a step back as a society and, and, and look at the internet and look at especially how it's affecting uh, the younger minds among us and, and, and try and maybe mitigate some of those, those negative effects because, wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, because all three of us, we all remember a time before the internet um, as yeah. kids, right? Certainly before it was more widespread. I, I mean, I, I mean we didn't have the we, internet. It was in brief, right? They had email, or I remember we had dial-up, but, like, you couldn't do anything on when, it. Um, how old were you when you guys got the internet in your house? I think we got dial up. It must have been like 97 or 98, I think. 
We were a little later at uh, the party. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really get access <laughs> to it until like eighth, ninth grade. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, um, yeah, I think, yeah, late nineties is when, when we had it, but, um, it's, it's just crazy. Cause like, I felt like you could get like a, a nice solid head on your shoulders before you got thrown into the world of the internet. Right. Like, like you had some, yeah. some basic like survival skills, if you will, like, or like concepts, like, uh, this isn't real. Don't listen to this. I mean, but these kids, they're, they're getting it from such a young age. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I don't know how to handle that. The thing that's for me is the internet opens up every door you could ever want or conjure up. So if you're into just the weirdest shit, like whatever weird thing you're into, you're into cats eating goldfish out of a, like a swamp. It's like you could find a group on the internet where there's like just people obsessed with that exact event. And you could make a group and you all could go out and like connect and talk about it and get into whatever it is. It could be anything, anything. So these kids, they get to the point where they're eight or nine and they go, oh, I like uh, creepy videos. Oh, I like Slenderman. And then they start talking with all these people that are obsessed with Slenderman just like them. And then they start building these stories and these realities that they all live in. And they're completely fictional. But it feels real because it's it's the medium that they all think and communicate through. Um, I mean, back in the day when we were kids in, in the '90s, it's like we didn't do that. We had to go out in outside and go play we, out in the park had, or whatever TV, it was we would do. That wasn't as intrusive back then either. But even then, we couldn't decide when we watched a certain show. The show would come on at a certain time, and we had to be present yeah. for it. Now kids can access every video through Netflix. They can go on YouTube and look up any kind of video they could ever want or could ever ever desire. It's out there. I mean, YouTube only was big since what, maybe 2006, 2007 is when it really started picking up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's just it's just a different game, you guys. It's I feel bad for kids in a lot of for a lot of reasons. Well, and and what's so scary is that there's no there's no way to account for age when when you're searching for things on the internet. And so you could be yeah. a 30 year old man like find me the scariest video on the internet and put that into Google. And you could be some innocent little eight year old kid looking for the same thing, and you're gonna get the same search yeah. results. And and so True. I I mean I think a, a lot of people have been have been talking about this with like with with porn recently and and the effects that it has for like a, a 10 11 12 year old boy to be able to have instant access to the entire internet's worth of pornography just sitting in your pocket and how how are we expected to to develop our children to be just normal sexual functioning adults when this is their first experience. I mean, you, you remember what it was like growing up in, in a world without the internet. If if you find a magazine, then it's like it's the highlight of your month. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just all available. Yeah. It's all available. It's all so easily accessible and so instantly accessible. I remember, I remember flip phones, you know, flip cell phones. And, and kids would take like like a picture of like a naked woman. Mm-hmm. And it would be on that tiny little, little flip phone screen. Yeah. And they'd, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, they'd be like, oh, check this out, you know, and like. It's completely different, and it's only like what, like ten year span. It's like you're right; everything is accessible now. It, uh, everything. It's just so. so bizarre. I mean, the to to look at the difference between I think the world we grew up in and the world our parents grew up in is nothing. 
compared to the difference between just even the world we grew up in here in in our in our early mid twenties, and and the world that kids are growing up in now. The the age difference is not even close, yeah. but it's a far more different world. Very true. Yeah, it's wild, man. So, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I, the thing is, it's 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 such a double edged sword because for as much as there could be negatives, it's also positives. Like I think it's cool. People like yourself are going out and writing and creating this original material. You know, away from mainstream, you know, media and, and even like publishers, you know, like it's unfiltered. It's like a real like homegrown product and that those things can be just fantastic. So you're right. we got to find some kind of medium that we can kind of like some common ground between all this mm-hmm. to make it work. We need R.L. Stein to well, come back and write Goosebumps. We need more Goosebumps stories. <laughs> uh, uh, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Right. Needs to come Attack back. Attack of the Jelly Monster. Those crap are... like that, you know. Do you do you guys remember oh. those uh, those uh, scary stories to tell in the dark books? And then they had more scary stories to tell in the dark, and even more. I, there was it was like a series of three books, and they had just the creepiest illustrations you could you could possibly imagine. Do you guys remember those books? Vaguely. I don't, but I'm I'm curious now. I want to look this up. It sounds you, cool. You got to you got to Google the illustrations, and it, they're just really frightening. But it's it's disappointing because they recently re-released those books. Uh, but they had some like children's artists do the illustrations this time, so they were just. I mean, to 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 compare the there was a story about a woman who a spider lays an egg in her cheek. And uh, the old illustration Oof. was like a giant boil on her cheek and spiders just running out of it. It was like the most grotesque thing you can imagine. And the new one is just Ugh. a spider sitting on a girl's cheek and she's like all rosy-cheeked and princessy. <laughs> and it's like... In, 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 some ways, in some ways, kids today have it easier. They're, they're more sheltered by adults, I think. <laughs> it's PC, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it PC. Um, yeah, it's true. There's <laughs> so many extremes, right? Uh, you can't grow boils. You can't drop boils coming out of people's cheeks, but like your 12 year olds can just access all of Pornhub like that yep. when they're alone. So, I mean, got to pick your battles here, I guess. <laughs> um, damn. Well, Jake, thanks for coming on, man. It's, uh, it's been great to hear your story. Is there any other stories we can go? Like, where do we find more of your, your work? Yeah. So, I write under the uh, pen name Sergeant Darwin on uh, No Sleep and uh, recently was actually contacted by Thought Catalog to do some freelancing for them. So if you go to a website called Creepy Catalog, uh, a lot of my stories will be there. Um, and it, it's I, I actually just recently wrote one uh, about a school shooting that I, I remember Taylor read and, and thought it was a little a little disturbing. And, and now I'm worried, uh, based <laughs> yeah. on our earlier conversation, he, that some eight year old kid's gonna get his hands on that story. Uh, and he he and, got he got we're gonna have some trouble. He got backlash for it like immediately, and they took it down. And I told him they would because it was a little too close to home. It was a little too. They took it down for other reasons. It was it was Reddit, glorifying but, yeah. mass murder pretty uh pretty explicitly <laughs> I, I wouldn't say glorifying it was it was glorifying it, it dude. was acknowledging from a removed perspective oh my gosh you're <laughs> uh, you're uh, either way you've caught my attention i'm gonna go read this now <laughs> all right good luck all right Is that tay any other thoughts big news we're gonna have new uh podcast yes. artwork our logo is almost complete and a new theme song on the way and taking five end oh, of yeah? this month. 
Oh, I forgot. Are you ready? Have you written it's in it yet? process? It's not done yet. I think you should consult with our our new friend of the pod, Jake, here to help you maybe lock down he some of your parts. Not take away your your he liberties, doesn't share, but he doesn't share you know. my love of the Taken lore, so I don't know how much help he would be. Um. <laughs> well, if you're gonna write a Christmas special, at least have some Christmas themes in it. I don't what know. Are you talking about that Christmas like, special was. He on could help point. you with some of that. Those kind of things. You can you can still write the story, but like kind of like the the semantics of like how you're gonna like bring the story together. What do you think? Maybe you'll consider it. Okay, well thanks Jake, thanks Tay. Good luck out there, everybody. Go read those creepy pastas. Get some good sleep. I don't know what the hell you want to do. Enjoy yourselves. Everybody have a great rest of your August. We'll see y'all later. We're out.